you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Hey there, Sheck Republic. As we jump into this Dave Damashek football program, we have Al Franken, the senator from Minnesota, joining us at the end of the audio podcast. It will not be available on video, at least as a part of the full Dave Damashek football program episode upcoming. If you want to hear that, like I say, all the way at the end of the audio podcast, my conversation with Al Franken. It's good stuff. He's a Vikings fan, so you want to check it out, NFC North fans. All right, on with the show. Going to the hurry-up offense. And the flats it sharp. Touchdown, Packers. Hi and hello, football fans. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, presented as always by McDonald's All Day Breakfast. That was the voice of Joe Buck back in the 90s, I think, calling a Brett Favre touchdown pass while Joe Buck made water. He joined us on the Dave Damashek Football Program earlier in the week. I encourage you, nay, demand that you go back and dig that up at NFL.com slash podcasts. Listen, watch it, whatever. It was uh, terrific. We have a soundbite, uh, one more from uh, Joe Buck here. I kept going, I've got to go. And somebody handed me like one of those little water bottles. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I just slapped that away. And there was a girl in the booth. I said, you're going to have to leave. And I had a parka on, and it was a trash can like that with a bag in it. <laughs> and I, and I, So now the break happens, and stage fright hits, and I can't go. I don't understand why we just played the soundbite of him recounting that anecdote because now after I said, well, now go back and listen to it, well, you just heard it. Now you don't need to go hear it. Oh, but there's other stuff as well. There's more to the story, says Emma VP. All yes. right, let's say hello. Well, we'll do proper hellos in a minute. Matt Money Smith, handsome Hank hello. Hodgson. Cynthia Freeland here for week 14. Red Challenge flag picks and beyond. You know, Joe Buck got me thinking here. Matt Money Smith, of course, a uh, a noted national voice. Noted in uh, in pro football noted by and who? college. Noted play in by game play. notes. That's that's where I'm. That's how I am. Right noted. by Damashek. Yes. Don't you see? Thank you, when Dave. You, when you turn on when you turn on NFL Network and yeah. the NFL Films is doing its top tens and yeah, it's me. timeless. Not you. You hear Damashek. You see oh. Damashek because I got a face for TV, baby. <laughs> Now, Matt Money Smith has a voice of the gods. I Here's my next quest. Stop it. My next quest. 
the voice, the next voice of NFL films for not the next happen. 50 years. It's Matt not going to happen. Although I do, I do appreciate my, you know, the the extent of my NFL films work these days is the interstitials for all the top 10 shows. And it is funny how different I am because they have conditioned me for what they want. They know exactly how they want them to sound. So I sound nothing like myself. Well, I, I guess I do sound like myself. You sound like people, But it's it's kind of this hairy callus that I'll put on. The number 10 interception of all time. You know, just, <laughs> that it's is got right. that yeah. kind of weird, <laughs> oh, that's not really me. Oh, but I guess it is. Yes, Harry Callis had some attitude with that uh, that great voice and uh and so too did John Facenda the gold standard yeah, he, all the, the best of the best just say just say one time say there are 27 teams in the National Football League and then there are the Pittsburgh Steelers there are 27 teams in the National Football League and then there are the Pittsburgh Steelers eh. All right, maybe I'm wrong. No, I'm not always right about things. No, no. <laughs> See what I mean? All right, this is what I want to talk about. Let's go around the table here. Vern Lundquist has now called his final SEC game. He's one of the legends of my time. Very sad. And, and in like all him. of uh, football broadcast. Too bad he did it with Danielson in there. Yeah, it's a bummer, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that could I love have... Vern, but just not a big Gary Danielson guy. Sorry. Sorry to poop all over your parade there, no, Dave. Trying to solve the guy. Love Vern. Love Vern. What about Love. it? I want to determine here and now, every, every once in a while we jump in on these things, and as we come uh, come down the, the home stretch here of 2016, let's uh, let's see if we can evaluate, because I, there is a little bit, I feel like, a passing of the uh, of the guard. Keith Jackson has moved on. Pat Summerall isn't around any longer. Touchdown. Al Michaels is, is pretty much the – Lone oh, guy great. left, yeah. right? He's and, Bo- it. and Bob Cricky. Real quick, uh, let's take a listen to Pat Summerall. Let's evaluate these and uh, see who okay. our favorite of all time is. Only 12 seconds left to play third quarter. Here's Marcus Allen. Cutting back upfield, and Marcus Allen could be gone. Seventy-four yards for Marcus Allen, and the Raiders are starting to shove this one in the winners' column. You know the thing about that is, so we talked to Joe Buck, like I say, and he got a lot of heat. I, I guess I missed this, but his David Tyree—oh, uh, he got a ton of heat for Tyree, be, right? Because he didn't celebrate it. His voice inflection didn't—I I guess reflect the ridiculousness of the play. Well, and a it, lot of people pushed back at him for that. My guess would be that he didn't know if it was a catch. That's you know, and, and rule number one of play-by-play is if you're going to freak out over a big play, you better be damn better be sure right. yeah. that, be right. that it's a right. big play. So that's the, that's what I took from it. When everyone was giving him income, and I was like, hey, wait a minute, man. He caught that ball in his helmet. He went to the ground. He's surrounded by three Patriots. You can't freak out if you don't know if that's, that's a That's why I wanted Matt Money Smith here. Is that what he exactly said? Exactly what Joe yeah. Buck said. And also, he said that uh, I, I asked him because his style does sound to me a little bit like a modern-day Pat Summerall. That's a the great The less call. is more. I mean, there's no voice. Of, Pat Summerall, go back and watch the uh, Super Bowl fourteen, the Steelers dynasty Hanging in the balance against the upstart L.A. Rams in the fourth quarter. Terry Bradshaw corks a 75-yard bomb to John Stallworth, who catches it and runs it in. And Pat Summerall, it sounded like a play in uh, mid-August. Mid-second quarter, yeah. preseason game. Long pass for Stallworth. He's got it. Touchdown. 
Like I, there, there's yeah. no, I kind of liked it. Yeah, I kind of liked that he's that was like his style. deadpan. But it's not for kids, though. I think it's a mature. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, yeah. You have to it's acquire the taste for that kind of thing. You expect your guys to be <laughs> bombastic and uh, and so on. By the way, Maurice Jones-Drew heard that call, and he gave it a B plus. The Tyree call? Yeah. Well, I think if you wait, which the Tyree to one? Joe Buck to Joe Buck. Oh, in front of him. <laughs> well, they critiqued each other. Oh, wait Maurice a minute. Is a broadcaster now. So right, he's an analyst Buck. now. We had him. Uh, we had Buck what give did, some uh, notes. What did Buck do? Buck for him? gave Buck gave Maurice an A. Then we played a little Buck sound for Maurice. <laughs> Maurice gave him a B plus. <laughs> Thanks, Maurice. Yeah. Although, in in his defense, I would say if you were to play that clip for someone that doesn't quite understand, you know what it what that is, I could see him like saying, "Hey, man, that's." You could have done a lot better on that one there, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, next up, let's hear some Vern. He uh, he obviously mm-hmm. called some uh, college football. Has been calling college football. But back in the day, he also did uh, some NFL. I think he was paired up with uh, Terry Bradshaw for a while in the 90s. Vern was? was? Yeah, that was a great duo, come to think of it. But he also called Super Bowl thirteen. I think, on Cowboys Radio is, I think, where he called it. This is a pretty iconic one. Take a listen here. Third down and three, Dallas at the Pittsburgh 10. Roger back to throw, has a man open in the end zone, caught, touchdown, drop, dropped in the end zone, Jackie Smith all by himself. Oh, bless his heart, he's got to be the (laughs) sickest man in America. That's what that is. Bless his heart. Yeah. Bless his heart. <laughs> See, and there it is. I mean, that's that's the one thing. I hate to do it, but that's the one thing you cannot do. I mean, you that ball has got to be caught before you say caught touchdown because people listen are like, cut to- what? Why would you say that? <laughs> I mean, they're freaking out when you're like, oh, no, he dropped it. It's like, well, why did you say touchdown then? But I love Vern. Vern is fantastic. But I think Vern's one of those guys who didn't get – the I, I you know obviously he was getting some big national gigs but he was sort of left off that list that uh, that uh, Mount Rushmore yes until eight ten years ago then people finally started to recognize wow this guy is great and he's an older guy too you know what I think helped him is uh, Tiger Woods is the fact that he was a voice of CBS Golf and he became the voice along with Jim Nance, but I think more Vern even because he was the one calling more of the play by play of some of Tiger you know the putt um, the, the the famous putt at the Masters. So I think that's what helped Vern out Ooh, a lot a is that, call. you know, when people really got into golf, and that's a tough sport to announce, um, and he is fantastic at it. If I'm not mistaken, Vern was at the 17th at Augusta when Nicholas in 86 makes that putt, and that's when you realize, oh, he's exactly. going to do it. Nicholas yes. is going to win the Masters at, at 46. Um Chime in here, Cynthia and Handsome. Don't wait for me. Sorry, I'm trying to get through all the. This is his expertise. I'm just trying to get through all the sound here, real quick. Here's some Keith Jackson uh, during the first season of Monday Night Football. Two powers in professional football meet for the first time ever as members of the new American Football Conference of the National Football League. The New York Jets, led by the passing wizardry of Joe Namath. And the Cleveland Browns, led by the power running of Leroy Kelly. Love the flowery prose. Yeah. I mean, that, the people just don't uh, go at it He's like that the anymore. the granddaddy of them all. Why don't you do that, Money? I want you to start to talk that way. Come on. on I'm, the I'm an idiot. I'm a complete <laughs> idiot. I don't have, I'll tell you a great Keith Jackson story real quick. My radio partner, Petros Papadakis, finally plays in a game being announced by Keith Jackson. He's a running back. And uh, play action fake just hammers his block, crushes this blitzing linebacker, right? Allows a touchdown pass. Keith Jackson goes, touchdown UFC, and what a block thrown by the back, Sultan McCullough. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's like, sold him McCullough. That's who you're mistaking me for? I finally get my name uttered by Keith Jackson in a big game. He thought I was Sultan McCullough. Oh, yeah. I think I, 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 you know, with all due respect to every other broadcaster, I think that uh, I feel bad for Petros now because I think if I could hear anybody say my name, yeah, it would be, it'd be Keith Jackson. Oh, he's maybe Facenda, maybe Facenda in history of of uh, mankind. I might. Yeah. I remember always at Indiana University, it was it was thrilling to me that to hear him say the running back at the time, Anthony Thompson's name, Anthony Thompson. He's a horse. <laughs> yeah, he's the best. <laughs> uh, Keith's one of my favorite, if not my favorite. Al Michaels, uh, here he is calling a kick of some note uh, back in a Super Bowl from years past. Adam Lingner will snap it. No good. Wide right. Al, you know, it was funny. Joe Buck said this. Uh, Al's voice has changed the most, I yeah. feel like, from his – So much deeper. Vern sounds almost exactly right. the yeah. same. Keith Jackson is indistinguishable yeah. outside of audio quality. But Al is, th- doesn't sound at all like current Al. I wonder, Joe Buck said the same thing Matt Money Smith always says to people who ask – kids who ask, hey, how do you get that uh, good broadcaster voice? What's the answer? I started smoking when I was 12. That, oh, actually, Joe didn't give that advice. He said his oh. old man – Jack would give that same advice yeah. to everybody. Start burning the nails, kid. Yeah. That's how you get Thankfully, I quit while I was still uh, a wee lad. But, uh, yeah, true. Uh, uh, you know what? We'll go 14, regularly smoking the Benson and Hedges 100s. There you so, go. That's there you go. Got to get that gravel. Tip. Pro tip, kids. That's right, kids. Pick them up. Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> One more here, and then we'll jump into uh, modern time uh, pro football talk here. But a guy who, uh, whose voice I he was the as much as Dick Enberg or Al Michaels or Keith Jack. This guy was the voice of my football watching youth. Don Crickey yeah. of NBC. Now he does the Notre Dame radio calls. But uh, take a listen to Crickey here. Not only will uh, Tom Dempsey hits this one, he's got a very slight win at his back. He'll set a National Football League record in addition to winning the game. I don't believe this. It's good! I don't believe it! The field goal attempt was good from 63 yards away! It's incredible! Don Cricket, yeah. he's still doing it. Still he, doing it. He called my favorite college football game of all time the uh, the '84 January 1, 1984 Orange Bowl between Nebraska and Miami, Miami the yeah. best college football <laughs> game I've ever seen. I think it is the best game of all time. Yeah, Cricky and Bob Trumpy though used to call a lot of Steelers games, and uh, my old man always would announce at the start of this. Uh, well, NBC putting uh, Don Cri- uh, putting Bob Trumpy. He's a he, he was a Bengal. That he's uh, that he's yeah. biased against the Steelers, and for three hours. <laughs> Dude, every listen, you hear that? You hear how he called? Yeah, he really doesn't he hates, care. He, he really. Hates the Steelers. Popsy really doesn't hate him. He's just announcing <laughs> the game. That's all. That's all, all right. he's doing out there. On the other side of this intro, we will go around the table and hear everyone's vote for the best play-by-play Ooh. football announcer mm. of all time. All right. Let's start the show. 
Yes, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. As I mentioned earlier, we're presented by McDonald's All Day Breakfast. Morning, noon, or night, go get you some of them tender vittles. Put them in your belly and thank me uh, mm. Thank me later for that. Let's go around the table. Let's say hello. Cynthia Freeland, you see her on game day morning. You see her on Thursday Night Football. NFL Fantasy Live, her pages on NFL.com and beyond. What's the poop there, Freeland? I mean, just hanging in here. Week 14. Yeah, little, your lines you know. are doing better than hanging in. Yeah. Eh. I, it, it'll fade. <laughs> I mean, the one number one rule of being a Lions fan is you have to be ready for the implosion that's well, sure to happen. The inevitable. I do, do want to dig in here because uh, this is a major week. This is the week that it could actually realistically swing fully to the Lions in a way that the Packers won't be able to rebound from. Next up, all the way from London, England, and really the world over at this point, he is, <laughs> his gig has him traveling yeah. to the football planet here, but he is a Miami Dolphins fan at heart. Here he is. It's Handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? Very well, thank you, David. Are you? Yeah. You were riding high for like uh, uh, improbably for what a month and a half with your dolphins, but I know. I mean, reality was delivered by the right right arm of the elititudinous Joe Flacco. December arrived, and and uh, the dolphins will return to the mean. Well, this is a, this is a bummer so far. Freeland comes out of the gate with like, yeah, my Lions are two games up in the. I, they're going to blow it. They have four four more games to blow a two game lead. They'll do it. What about the Dolphins? If you rewind to September, I was expecting maybe three wins this season. So everything big everything from here is gravy. All right, and uh, let's say hello to the guy who now has a pretty new oh, right. uh, intro. Oh, my song favorite part of my day now. Here we video. go. If you want to watch the video, make there sure you we check go. it out. NFL.com slash podcasts. It stars Cynthia Freeland and Handsome Hank. Here I don't remember is. that. <laughs> you don't remember <laughs> your participation? No, but I drank a lot before. It was your – oh, I thought it was maybe your alter ego or <laughs> oh, something. Yeah, could have been. But all right, here it is. Ah, that's so good. It makes me a little misty, I'll be honest. Uh, what an effort. Thank you so much, Cynthia and Hank, for putting that together. Matt Money-Smith, of course, the host of NFL Fantasy Live on NFL Network. Uh, bringing it home now. we got about, uh, well, I guess we have uh, three more. We're all in the same boat. We're all, we've all been burning it at both ends here for a little while. The, uh, the month of December, I think, makes fools of all of us. Are you going to, and also make sure, the aforementioned Petros and Money radio show, AM570 if you're in L.A., otherwise track it down, on iHeartRadio. Radio, the finest sports radio show, nay, the finest radio show ah, stop it. in all the land. And that's why it was unseemly, if not felonious, for huh? our what? colleague. Well, no, our, our colleague, Akbar Bajabiamilo. Oh, yeah. You might know him from, uh, what's his show called? The Ninja or whatever? I think that's it. Something about I think It's called The Ninja. Ninja. I've always been thrown by that ninja thing because I always expected that it had to do with ninjas. It's actually an obstacle. I don't know. Anywho, Akbar Bajabiamila, who assaulted me about a year ago on— uh, We're already back to you? 
Like that. Not my, yet. My video's wow. still on the screen. Well, he has a track record for my assault. video's on the screen, you know. What? Now take a look at what he did okay. to our own Matt Money Smith recently on NFL Fantasy Live. This is a former football, NFL football player, six foot five. 270 pounds. And Matt Money Smith. Would you like my measurements? You, you're about 132. Yeah, you I'm, uh, Look at this. I am 5'11", 153. 92. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 153 pounds is what I'm clocking in at. Wait a second. Did you, you know one. it was coming? No. 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 no so I guess if you want to pull back the curtain and really get the details. So what has happened is Elliot, you can't see him. If you were to go to the bottom left corner. Let me just what, say what for, is Elliot? Our, for our listeners, for our listeners, Akbar Bajabi, Money Smith, yes. doing his his uh, hosting gig, and out of nowhere comes former defensive end from San Diego State and the Oakland Raiders. Three sacks to his name in the NFL. All three. Two. Now he's got four. two. Well, no, he has three after he after he assaulted the Jew named Dave oh, Damashek last year. So now he's now, four. And he assaults really, the uh, 20% really Jew me. And, 153 pound. Are you really only 153? Yeah, yeah look at me. I mean, my God, there's nothing to me. Built like a teenage girl. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I don't know what's better. Freeland, what's better? To be to be uh, Damashek's uh, neighborhood of, uh, like, as a, as a grown man, or 153? <laughs> I think it's both, uh, you know. No, 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 no. You got to pick. An answer. You got to pick. What says man to you more? Someone who's uh, responsible enough to watch his weight and keep himself down to 153, or a man who lets himself go because he's out not just surviving, but living. I mean, this is a bad position I'm in. No, no, you I pick. think the beard's pretty manly, but yeah. I also think like taking care, you know, like I've seen him work out, you know, right. so it, it's kind of both. There's You could go either way. All right, if you won't pick Hank, pick one. <laughs> Who's I, more man? Um... You're more man, but you're a right. lot. You're a lot. Of, you're a lot, you're a lot man. more man. Right. You're, you're a lot. A lot. You're, lot about, more you're about sixty pounds yeah. more man. I'm not sixty pounds <laughs> more than you. So here's what I'll tell you though. So the way this works is we are in the middle of of you know doing this show. Elliot is off camera reading, uh, doing some sort of voiceover for video that's on the screen. And in my ear, the producer, our friend Dylan Milner, says, hey, we're going to come back on camera because Akbar is screwing around with fabs. It'll be really funny before we get to what we call the bump, which is the videos you see. And I tell you what's coming on next. So just be prepared. We're coming. So as they're saying that in my ear, I now begin to read the bump. And I'm like, OK, am I on camera? Am I not? Where am I? And boom. That's it. So I am I am so not aware of what is going on behind me because I'm dealing with a producer Ooh. in my ear. You got a head whip. Going. Well, here's what really sucks. You've I don't really mind got, the, you got the you I don't got, mind the head whip because I have a chicken neck. I mean, of course that's going to happen. My god, I have there's nothing here. I have a there's, prediction there's no, to make. I have before no traps, say, I have no lats. Before you say what you're going to say, I first of all, again, watch this if you're an audio consumer, find nfl.com/podcasts and take a look at this and judge for yourself. My prediction is what you were about to say is the thing that you're more embarrassed by is the sound you made. Oh, no. No, no. the sound because I was about to drop an F-bomb. And (laughs) and I caught myself recognizing, oh, I'm on TV. I can't do that. I don't know if we have the audio. Yeah, I think I said, oh, my God. Oh, no. No, it was, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. I gotta say as well, Fabiano is your blindside blocker. Uh, ba- that was a bad, bad decision. Anyway. What, I'll tell you what I am most upset about is that I dropped the ball. No ball security. I had a pen in my hand and it went flying. You can see it. Like it, it, oh. it is like it, it, when I get hit, you can see this pen fly no less than thirty yards down the field. Like it I, is being scooped up and it will be. Sco- and you know, how, we will be how is Akbar? How is he making this up to you? He doesn't give a damn. No, he thinks it's no, Akbar funny. doesn't give a he damn. He insulted me a year ago. Let's do right, side let's by cool. side here and uh, see who took the bigger okay. lick from the bully uh, Akbar Bajabiamila. Here's Damashek. Yep. Get steamrolled. You didn't see the hit there. No. I, I also lost possession of the football. 
I was struck. What you can't really see, though, on mine is he <laughs> drops that right arm like a like Thor's hammer on my To get my, that, on to my get that uh, ball out of you? Yeah. Yeah, he dropped this, it. This uh, might, here's the this difference. Show it better. You knew it was coming. No, I didn't know How it was How did you coming? not know it was coming? Because we I, we weren't uh, playing uh, tackle football the, the, out there. The I was position you football. end up in, you 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 asked me a question a few minutes ago. <laughs> You're wobbly when you, you stand you up. By the way, you asked me a question a few minutes ago. The position you end up in, I'm going to say that money's more man than you. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. I know, I know, there's there's nothing manly about what happened. The to me correct answer is there are no winners. Yeah. I'll tell you what echoed in my head. What echoed in my head, and I'm, and I'm being completely honest right now, what echoed in my head when that happened about five minutes later, um, and, you know, I think we're the same, that I could laugh at myself all day, and as a matter of fact, I love moments like that. It's fantastic. It's good for the show. But Not was, me. was Ike no. Taylor saying, man, that's somebody's dad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's Ike's <laughs> line. That's, that's somebody's dad Shaq, right there, man. Shaq, Shaq you, you got to get up. someone's daddy. Shaq, you got to get up. You're someone's daddy. <laughs> Come Cynthia. on, come on, money! You someone's dad. You got three girls. Man. Oh, he gave you the same. You got, no, that's same just what line. was in my head. It was what, what was in my. Come on, money! You someone's daddy. The bottom line is Freeland. We both are now losers in your book, aren't we? Nope, you're both winners. No, uh, it's all right. Nice. That's, that's very nice. kind. All right, of real deal. quick, uh, let's go around and pay off what uh, I said we would ten minutes ago. Freeland, favorite national football play-by-play man of all time. I mean, I have to say Keith Jackson, but I have to give a shout out to Ernie Harwell because. He, you, you know, that's obviously a different sport, but I loved growing up with Ernie Harwell calling the Detroit Tigers games in his like Southern, like sort of twang with the Tigers, like, sure. way, I don't know, straight down Woodward, like all these things that were just very Ernie Harwell. Yeah, so the, those I took guys, a little, but I think Keith's my favorite. The local guys are, are, are that's sort of a, almost a different conversation. Myron yes. Cope, I highly doubt would play right. nationally, but the yoy and double yoy, the pit, the terrible towel is poison. Well, Harry Carey. Right. I mean, that's the. Oh. Perfect example. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, Love where do you come down on booze in the uh, in the broadcast <laughs> booth, money? Because it used to be a thing. I've been scolded for wearing it on my sleeve. Yeah, I at Super Bowl forty five. As a matter of fact, I I had the uh, temerity to express glee when the Steelers scored a touchdown. Can't do that, no and rooting. I was reprimanded. No You're rooting. not allowed to cheer no. in the press box. They used to have kegs of beer in there. Yeah. Now I can't make a peep in the press box. That's a shame. Well, it's we a weren't shame. even in a press box either. I we were in an NFL.com box. I know. I don't want to name who who reprimanded. Yeah, that's me for not making okay. My noise. Where do I come out on booze? Yeah. Um, when I was with the Lakers, they would bring in cases of beer, and we would sneak some up to the broadcast ah. uh, area. But we wouldn't crack them until after the game. So I would I right. would have a couple two tree in me for the post game. But, but wait uh, a second, Harry Carey, Myron Cope, many guys would enjoy having a having a couple during a, the game. A, a couple. My right. God, Harry would start drinking in the second, we and by to, the sixth, you couldn't understand what he was saying. No, I'm not kidding. Either. Why wouldn't that be great for that to be an alternate yeah. broadcast for for hey, games? You know why? Because listen to he, the guys who are loaded. when he was doing that. Guess what we were doing? We were in the back of a station wagon with no seatbelts, playing with our matchbox cars, <laughs> driving down the street. <laughs> our old man with a cigarette out the door and a in a Miller light in his hand. That's why. I mean, yeah. it's a different time. It's a safer time that we live in. Maybe not. Certainly a is. Time, though. Yeah. Uh, Handsome Hank, your your vote. Uh, all the way from London, England. All the way from London, England. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of those guys, we would get one game a week. So it was difficult. And, and Summerall was the guy. That was who I always – when I was growing up watching football in the 80s and 90s, that was who I always heard. So he, whether he's the best, he's the one that means the most to me when I, when I hear those. Money? Um, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get crazy here. One, I'm with Cynthia. Keith Jackson's my favorite. Just if you tell me I get one guy to call my favorite game, I want Keith on the call. However, I do want to – 
suggest, because I, I know he's very polarizing, but I love him. I think the amount of fun that Kevin Harlan has calling games cannot be undersold. And there is something to be said for listening to a broadcast where he's, you know, playing, where he's grabbing it with his buddy a little bit, you know, whoever's in the booth, and it just sounds like they're having fun. It's not mechanical. There's some offset offset conversations that make their way into the broadcast. I really think Kevin Harlan should be cited more than he is as a, a hell of a broadcaster. Well, there is a, a little, like we say, there's a little bit of a vacuum upcoming, and in fact, it's uh, it's already beginning now as a lot of the old guard moves on. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe Kevin Harlan will get a, a, a bit yeah. bigger profile. I, one of the big bummers of my uh, my career is that I Kevin Harlan once, I have an audio recording of him saying, while I'm interviewing him, uh, saying, Damashek with no regard for human life. <laughs> and now I can't find it. Yeah. I have no idea oh, what no. happened. To it's a bummer. But uh, anywho, so that's, I, I like talking about broadcasters. And before Matt Money Smith <laughs> runs out of here and we dig in on the Red Challenge flag picks, let's do a quick batch of uh, dad jokes here. We won't go okay. full in here. But Money did have one last week he wanted to share, and I wanted to give him an opportunity okay. to share it now. The do reason we mine do, first, or are we going to do the Twitter? I don't know. We're not going to do the whole thing this okay. time. Am I the only one that has one? We're pressed for time. Oh, by I, the way, I, I didn't mention one. Al Franken is coming up for the audio. What? what? A little while here. Senator Franken. Franken. Senator Al Franken. I didn't mention that at the, the, at the top. Bury the ridiculous. lead. I know. Yeah. Um, but uh, anywho, he is uh, coming up here. He's a, a big Vikings fan, Saturday Night Live right, writer. Maybe even has some thoughts on the uh, political uh, – Climate, climate in All which right. we live yep. and uh, will be living in uh, going so. forward here. Um, but, yes, handsome money and I combined to have double-digit kids, and so we started doing dad jokes here. Cynthia's a fan of them as well. I notice your mother now follows me on Twitter. She is an expert liker as well. I like that. She, she's oh, yeah. very good. She's an expert the liker. Like there we go. Yep, she's really good at liking. Um, all right, Mike. <laughs> it's easy. Just tap that heart. She, no, she does. Oh, I like yeah. you. Like Lay it on us there, Money. I feel I feel like when people like my stuff, but they don't, you know, share it or what, what's that? Oh, uh, instead of retweeting, they just like. They it's don't like, retweet it, like it. it's a little patronizing. Okay, how about right. uh, how about some a, people don't know what retweets are. They don't understand retweets as much yeah. as they understand likes. All right, Mama AKA Freeland, I want yeah. some retweets or uh, or bust from this point forward. <laughs> just feel fortunate she follows you. Jeez, you know? <laughs> oh, I'd like to get right. a follow from Mama Freeland. I have one. Yeah, Marianne, are you listening? Come yes, on, Marianne, Marianne, listening. Let's go here, get it together. Marianne is listening. Matt Money Smith, let's go, Marianne. Come on. Matt Money Smith has been a Sherpa for your daughter at uh, the NFL meet. <laughs> he has. Uh, All right, lay it on us. All right, you ready? Ops. Uh, I'm going to set this up. I was uh, in a restroom at a uh, BJ's restaurant and brew house in Brea, California, and I don't know if this young man decided to tell me this joke because he is a fan of the Dave Damashek football program or what, but as I am washing my hands unsolicited, this, I'm going to say, 11-year-old looks at me <laughs> and says – how can you tell the difference between snowmen and snow women? <laughs> I look down at the young man and I say, how can you tell the difference between snowmen and snow women? And he goes with this wry smile, snowballs. <laughs> that's that's the greatest bathroom encounter ever. That's great. amazing. Yes. Very good. Very yes. strong. Emma VP, we did get one visual one. Do we have that to share or, or do we uh, want to do that? Yeah, there, uh, there's uh, people are sharing them with us. You can do the same. Hashtag dad jokes is how you do it. Uh, well, here's one from Nick Anderson. What did the football coach say to the broken vending machine? <laughs> oh my goodness! Nice. He, Nick's uh, Nick's response to that one is, "Give me my quarterback." Right. It's, it's good. That's a good one. It's Handsome. Good one. Do you have one? If you I have do one, have you... one. For okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. 
Uh, why did the cat have to go to the vet? Why did the cat have to go to the vet? Because it had a massive stroke. Oh, you got the stinker noise on that one. Okay. All right. Now let's get to it. Before we make our picks for week 14, money will uh, not be around for those. I don't get to do them? You're welcome to stay, but you have an actual job to go I'll stay as long as I can. I'll stay as long. I got like 10 minutes left in Before we do that, we talk about who are you loving? Let's do it. We'll start with you. Mary Ann's daughter. So oh, now you're patronizing her mother. No, I love it. Now she knows how it feels with all those favorites. I always like to pick something that's like maybe a player you're not necessarily thinking will have a big week or someone kind of under the radar. So I want to make the case for Tyrell Williams this week mm. to be a good wideout one start. Just a little sneak there. I would love that advice, except that uh, I got a bye. I won my division in the fantasy playoffs, oh, so I won't you. be playing this week, but I'll keep an Lucky eye on you. him for week, uh, week <laughs> 15. You. How about that? Handsome Hank, who are you loving? Well, I, I've translated who am I loving a little differently this week. I want to give a hug to, so I'm actually going to give some loving to Jets and 49ers fans who have to watch their two terrible teams who've given up on this season week 14. play against each other in Week 14 in a game which, honestly, like you have to be the most dedicated Jets or 49ers fan to watch that. And at the same time, you're probably half wishing you'll lose because at the moment you're thinking about the draft rather than your your standings this year. It's funny. You know, I like to talk about the loser bowl and that the two worst teams should have to play each other um, yep. the week before yep. the Super Bowl and the winner gets the first overall pick in the draft in mm-hmm. the uh, in the upcoming spring. I was I was looking at the Niners Bears game last week as two good candidates for that one. Here's uh, another one. The Niners though, imagine they scored six points against the Chicago, Chicago Bears. Bears. Yeah, no, but the Jets. That's I mean, so the Jets, grim. The Jets, yeah, but I love Todd they, Bowles though. I like Todd Bowles, the Jets coach. I think I want him to stay. Like I don't want his job to be in jeopardy. I don't think he'll get fired. I, I think that, hope you know, not. Yeah, I think I, that quarterback is, situation was such a disaster. I hope so because I I really, really like Todd him. Bowles. Really like. Ooh, Todd Could Bowles. I get one of those? Yeah. I think based on oh what we that's wonderful. Well, thank you. What is is this a chocolate milkshake? Something we like that? That's on. what I asked for. Wait. Our <laughs> empty McDonald's glasses, which leave my heart feeling empty. Orange I, drink. Delicious. I, yeah, you know I like what? orange drink. Do they still make I I love the shamrock shake. Do they, they do still in summertime make no, the No, not summertime. One? It's uh no, St. Patrick's Day. But they used to make the orange one. The oh, the orange. Oh, I jumped I love you. Sorry. That what was the orange? I remember that. It tasted like it a, tastes like a cream like an orange like a push up pop. That's That's exactly what it tasted like. Yeah, right. It was really good. Like a push up. That'd be you have hey, McDonald's, in? can you bring that back? <laughs> yeah, right. I got Does this cup over. work. <laughs> this thing on. Hello, hello. <laughs> we're still McDonald's. literally, we're still just working with empty buckets. <laughs> empty, empty. We are. What, I mean, what do we need to do? Can you get me a soda in a bucket? Yeah. Is that what you call a cup? <laughs> well, huh? in buckets. Well, they, I mean, some, when they get to the some of the sizes that they sure. have, them, that's a good that's, point. That's, that's bucket fair. size that is to fair. me. You know what? Uh, I periodically I like to celebrate Handsome's uh, pronunciations of words. What yes. is you know the more fancy word for a drink? You know, like uh, you get a it starts with a B. A beverage. Oh, it's the same. I thought there might be some. Be- uh, what do you want? Do you want me to beverage. say beverage? I don't know what you beverage. It's a beverage. I mean, I guess there's still a little. It's it's a little quicker. It's like Tottenham instead of Tottenham. It's Tottenham beverage. Oh. Beverage. Your American accent. Instead of beverage. <laughs> the best. The best one remains is uh, when he says, you know, when little pieces of paper fall from this from yeah. the ceiling when something exciting when a celebration is going what is that? on. Mm-hmm. What's that confetti. one? Confetti. 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 <laughs> that is good. <laughs> Let the confetti fall, Jay Ajay. <laughs> confetti. It's the century mark once again. <laughs> strawberries, strawberries for all. For all. Yeah, strawberry. strawberry. I knew you were coming favorite. with strawberry. Always. 
Money, who are you loving? Uh, I'll tell you what I'm loving. As a uh, as a man who has a Christmas tree in his living room, you know what I'm loving? That giant funnel that somebody came up with to put water in the base of that tree so the needles don't get dry. Have you not? Oh, I love. Oh, I don't know. I've got to go. Oh, here we go. All right, you ready? Every other time, I spill water. Exactly. Exactly. And you got needles on your head, and and then the ornaments clanking. No, somebody came up with this funnel. Okay, so imagine a bucket on top of this just giant four foot long can, but like a sorry, a what? A watering can. <laughs> yes. watering yeah, can. and it's just this massive tube that goes all the way into the base and extends up like four feet. Where That's what she said. There. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Where but- do you get that from? <laughs> I think you can buy it from the local Christmas tree lot. Really? Yes. I'm going to get one. There you go. So that's what I'm loving. I love days. it. And by the way, the Christmas tree has been erected now has in it? my home. Yeah, that's right. Is it too soon to you? Uh, no, no, no. I, I mean, I had to think about it, but it, I'm. Why'd you think about it? By the end of the week. What led you to I'll think about one. it? Well, I just, you know, want to think. Of, what you don't want is a Christmas tree dying on you, and on Christmas Day, you yes. true. You got needles sing, everywhere. Sick Christmas. Yeah. So that's my time. That's what I'm thinking. But now that I know about the. It's that, great. It is great. Kind of Change your life. Change your life. I will. Uh, I will say to round out who we're loving this week. I this is uh, this is more boring and footbally, but uh, I love typical. the Seahawks at the Packers when they were four and six. You know, and people started talking about can Aaron Rodgers run the table? Is this possible? The game I circled was this one. Now there's no Earl Thomas out there, so that should presumably open things up a little bit for Aaron Rodgers. However. How are the Packers going to stop the Seahawks right. from doing anything? And yet the Seahawks scored only five points at Tampa two yep. weeks ago. So there are a lot of uh, of interesting storylines. Uh, you know, like I say, Earl Thomas, what is the Legion of Boom going to do without Earl Thomas? Talk to anybody about playing the cover three the way they like to do it. And you remove him from that. They're going to be mediocre back there. You can talk about Richard Sherman. Cam Chancellor is great. He's but- their thumper. Right, but yeah, yeah he's a two-dimensional guy. He's not. He's not going to make up for what no. Earl right. Thomas was providing back there. So all of a sudden, I feel like one, the Seahawks have been have taken a significant loss on the level of the Patriots losing Rob Gronkowski. One and two, what can can Rodgers do this again and steal this division? But if they don't, if he if he loses this game, if the Packers drop this one. And your Lions win, which they should at home against the Bears. That's it. The division's over, and the yeah. Detroit and the Lions are going to do it. Basically, right? You know, that's that's that. Yeah. So anyway, fascinating. The only, the only thing there though, is yes, Earl Thomas is a huge loss. But I think two games ago when we saw them lose, they were also without Michael Bennett and like Sheed. There was a bunch of yeah. other pieces missing too. So. Not that I listen. You never want to lose Earl Thomas, and you want yes, absolutely. But I think that they've gotten healthier overall since two games ago when we saw them lose. So I'm not saying that it's going to be like you know his loss isn't going to be felt. I but I'm just saying like you know don't discount. I think the big question is yeah, what's the bigger loss? Is it without Michael Bennett or without Earl Thomas? Because we saw like you said, Cynthia, they were they did not look good without Michael Bennett. Once they got Michael Bennett in there, I mean, it it seemed like they were a lot more. There are a lot of people who will tell you who know what they're talking about that Michael Bennett's the best defensive player in the NFL. But then again, there will be people who tell you Bobby Wagner is. Earl Thomas, a lot of people say, not just for his his physical deeds, but his ability to organize all the uh, the ten guys in front of him 
in that defense. It's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out here. Hopefully, we'll get to watch this game in the glorious snow that we saw. Wait, as we, they're saying. You know, that's the best part saying. when you watch it in the snow. Not, when, not you know, being like, there. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah. No. I went to enough games no. in snow pants and like, you know, when I was in Chicago and I would go to Bears games and literally two pairs of snow pants and yeah. like three jackets and, and, and I'm like, warmers, this is so fun. Warmers, yeah. And then I'm like, no, this is actually Au not fun. I, I think it's great fun going to snow games. Nope. First of all, <laughs> it's here's what I always say. Easy the same there, re- boozy McGee. The same <laughs> get all liquored up on your whiskey and then it's a whole lot of fun, isn't it? Even as a child, I loved it. And I was drunk then. No. The, uh, <laughs> my parents would dip their yeah. finger in the whiskey yeah. and rub it around my gut. I remember <laughs> from my youth it being at playoff games for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it was so cold outside. My sister Amy and I, we, they would get, we'd get the hot chocolate, and we would literally pour it onto our hands to yeah. warm them up, which is insane in <laughs> hindsight that we were doing that. But uh, uh, I guess But no I think that was wear. more palatable because they were winning the games. Remember that Vikings-Seahawks game in the playoffs last year? And all those fans would be yeah. standing there, and it was they were like by the end of the game, they were about a foot deep in snow. And if that kick had gone through, then that would have been all been worthwhile. And thank you, Blair Walsh, you did it. But on the other hand, you're frozen like, and walking to I've your car. I've just been standing here for four hours. Yeah. And- but yep. there's a buy in that you can't get when you're sitting in climate control. There's a buy in of the nope. shared nope. experience. <laughs> That's why I agree with you. My contention is. You're a romantic, the Dave Kine- Damashek. Uh, maybe it is. Romantic. But I don't think, and maybe this, uh, this I'm sure this it's is going to upset. Of, Everybody of, below the Mason Dixon line won't like this opinion. But I do think that. Another one of Dave. Green one Bay, one Chicago, Detroit, Pittsburgh Minnesota, fans. Buffalo. No, not Detroit and Minnesota. No, we like Buffalo, it our inside Pittsburgh, with our heroes. Philly, New York. <laughs> These places that play out in the conditions. Oh, I thought you were saying you want them all to the have outdoor sh- stadiums. I do. They all yeah. should. But the, it's the shared experience. You can delude yourself into feeling like, I, you know, this miserable state that we're playing in right now, well, we're sitting here watching. Hey. We, we, well, we're we with you guys. Don't sell Kansas City short either. Oh, I've called yeah. plenty of oh, December it's gonna games in Kansas City. Oh, it's going to be real cold there tonight. It is yeah. nasty. Nasty. But here's what I'm going to tell you. The good thing about when it's actually snowing is that it is warm enough to snow. I know that sounds ridiculous, right, but when you're right. from the Midwest and you can remember when it is actually too cold for snow to happen, that's when you don't want to be outside. It's what you kids. want in life, kids. Here's my advice to the kids. What you want is, you know when you're in college. Today, they've already, you've already told them to smoke. So yeah. I, I, you I, want I, to be a play-by-play guy. Well. You know, drink as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Drink as a child. And I like comfort. I like, you know, I like the notion of cheers that go into a place where everybody knows your name. Yeah. And you do want those comfortable places in life where you can go and know people and everything else. But you also have to mix in unique life experiences. Mm-hmm. And I remember, to your point, it was a miserable one. But nevertheless, the Steelers in playing in at kickoff against the Patriots in the AFC title game, at kickoff it was one degree outside and got colder as it went along. I re- I'll remember that forever. Of what you want you, are unique remember, experiences in life. Like Tom Coughlin's right? face in that giant Oh, when it was game. in the chapped lip. It, and it, like literally it his went, whole yeah. face was like red and about to fall off. And you're like, somebody get this man a space yeah. heater. Like something. Like I argued online. <laughs> I don't, I'm handsome. You might have been on there too. Last <laughs> Sunday, I was celebrating the snow as I always do in a football game. And Patrick Claibon stepped up to play curmudgeon and say, no, what, what, why would that matter? I, I'd rather just watch the game, a good, clean game. And I, I mean, again, to my point, 
Yes, I remember yeah. Shady McCoy going off against the Detroit Lions for over 200 yards because of the snow. Right. I will always that various games of various import. I'll yes. always remember that Giants yes. and Packers game for the uh, for the NFC title because of the conditions outside. I remember when Tampa won its first division crown in '79 when it was a deluge of rain against Kansas City and no one could hold the ball. It wasn't because of the importance of the game. But, it was because I remember it was pouring rain right. outside. But have you ever noticed that the kind of the reverse thing happens, like when the Bills go play the Dolphins and there's humidity and it's like real hot and nice and warm and they're happy and but they they run out of gas because they're not used to living in that humidity. sweating too been, much so like it, it kind of goes both ways right like but that doesn't you're sweating there. bring up those romantic right nope. no no that's why it's, I, it's like no, extreme I, i'm with you dave i just don't want to sit in it that's all <laughs> i mean i'm with you i love watching it on the tv it. that is my little it. film you know it's there and i'm in the comforts of my own home watching the three of us went to a thursday night game between in chicago oh yeah cowboys and the and the bears and that was cold you were there at six o'clock in the morning money and i money and i had to get i don't know what you're talking about with that but money and i had to be down on the field what was it six a.m it was like six a.m and they insisted that we not wear top coats that we were that right. we had to be in our suits and my dress shoes and we're standing out there okay dave with our stick no, no, mics no, or, no. we were I out there dave was lying in the end zone at 6 a.m. yeah it was brutal. we went out there at 6 a.m. in our suits we couldn't have overcoats soldier on. field whipping wind had, and they had an audio issue so remember oh, that that's right. we were out there two for hours. one hour oh well, it was two i mean two I hours. Know it was at least and, they, and for some reason, we couldn't leave the field. So we had to stand right. at the 50-yard line. And in Chicago, when you're by the lake, as Soldier Field is, it's 20 degrees colder yeah, yeah. than it is anywhere else. And the wind is cutting through your it body. It was so bitter. So bitter. Yeah. I love you're more, See, you're both life men. Experience. You're both men. That's right. Like, do you yeah, say, that's very manly. Yeah. Do you oh, say, isn't it? Yes. Do we remember that, yes. though? We do. I Why? have to remind you, but yes. Money's embellishing it. We were right. out there for four Three and a half hours. hours. Four. Did you also we had to, the game was happening way. around us. We no. had to sleep now on listen, that field. Listen, that night. you know what we did have to do though, because we had a parking issue. We had to walk along That's right. Lakeshore Drive. Like we're walking <laughs> along Lakeshore Drive. It's cold. The wind's whipping. We're like, where the hell are we going? What's it? Some, we have to carry some boxes in because you needed yep. a couple extra hands. Oh, it was a disaster of a day. An absolute disaster. Oh, we remember it. Yes, we, we remember. Do. Handsome and yes, I had a wonderful had a wild night, night before. Night before. Oh, I know. Not Where'd wild. you go? Oh, don't I? Did you where, go to the hang-up? Where did, did you go to the hang-up? Where half didn't shell. they go? We did, went to the half shell, the half ate shell. crab legs. Yep. Nice. And we visited uh, my one, my favorite spot that I used to live next to. That was Inchic- before we went to Duke of Perth. We yeah. went to nice. we went to some places. The hang up. Uh, did you end up Park. at the hang up? We visited Come Wicker on, Park at some Hangy point. Hangy uppy. <laughs> Dave made a few phone calls to yeah. our friends in yeah. in Chicago. A lot of fun. It was a great. We're out drinking. <laughs> what are you uh, doing? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to it. Money's going to depart now. We'll be uh, we'll be worse for his absence, but we'll make it through just the same. Thanks, money. All right. Again. Here's my picks. Uh, thank I want to make sure you get in there. there you go, yeah. I'll look off to Let me those. see this. Yeah, wow. Throw those, those picks are surprisingly, there's something really in common on all of them. Wow. Yeah, how about that? Huh? Yep. All right. Let's get to it as money departs. Check them out. NFL Fantasy Live. And uh, like we say, uh, AM570, the Petros and Money Show. Dig that one up and uh, you will be entertained. Whereas most radio shows and TV shows, sports shows, they like to see if they can have some naughty kind of fun and do stuff. Money and Petros have mastered the uh, the um, the narr- uh, the 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 tone of not talking about sports at all for twenty minutes and it being highly entertaining, and you don't feel like who are these two jokers. 
<laughs> not talking about sports. Most people do it. it, it, it you can you can hear the effort through the radio, yeah. and it's and it's no good. All right, let's get to delay it. A game. Don't delay a game, me. All right, let's sing then. All right, and hit it. Red, Red challenge, challenge flag picks. Oh, Ooh, we got a style. Uh, we got a. We're going to our Route 66 diner. Oh, diner. See you, money. Take care, money. I don't know why he just hit me with a red challenge flag, but all right. Yes, as we do, we uh, we take a look at the NFL menu, and this Emma so VP is our waiter. And uh, like I say, we're visiting a, a roadside diner today. Waiter, tell us about uh, what's first up today. First up, we have our starters. We have Steelers versus Bills Buffalo Wings. A sticky finger food we recommend to all receivers. Make sure to ask for extra Sammy napkins when you frostbite into our December 6 and 6 piece, Marquise Goodwings. Sammy coated in your choice of big habanero and shady McSoy sauces. Ask your server for some Marcellery sticks to cool down your Buffalo extra oh, hot that's seat. terrific. Note, this one, this buy one, get one Dupree offer is valid through 217. <laughs> Buy one, get Dupree. Hey, uh, Emma VP, nice. you can check out uh, her full you menu there. You should check out her full NFL.com slash menu. You know who really likes the menus? And Yeah, well, it's not right on the on the graphic there, Ooh. Emma VP. It's an NFL.com slash NFL menu. That's David Lair, our graphics guy. Oh, I'll talk to him. I'm glad you, know, you, you know throw somebody the under the bus. Do you know who loves the menus? Marianne. I Marianne, know Marianne loves, loves the does. menus. I get some likes from her on Twitter. She, nice. Told you. I like it. Chef. She's a good liker. Marianne, uh, Marianne Freeland <laughs> told me to my face, I listen to your show mostly for the menu. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably fast forwarded to this point. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> no. Um all right, let's uh let's do it then. This is a big one for both teams, both currently on the outside looking in at the playoffs. Both teams would do well to win this one if they mm-hmm. wish to be playing in January. It's supposed to snow. I don't know how It to actually feel might about be too that. cold to snow. It actually might be too cold to snow at game time. Boom. I know I just celebrated the snow, but in a game of the, with, with, that's this important to my favorite team, I don't know if it favors the Steelers or if it hurts them, so I don't know how to feel about bad weather conditions. All right, Freeland. Steelers. Bills. Choose. Steelers. Oh, handsome Hank. Do you want to throw it? Go ahead. Throw no, it. I would, I would do, but I'm not going to because I don't think that the Bills are going to win the game. All right. Here's the, here's the issue for me. I'm not going to throw it. No, really? you shouldn't throw it either. Uh, I don't know. Why? Because I'm worried. He, what are you worried about? I don't know if Javon Hargrave is definitely going to play. He right. was in the concussion protocol. He's been great. The rookie uh, has been great in uh, as they have turned into a team that you could run from a team yeah. that you were running onto a team that Much is actually doing a, help a nice job there without Cam Hayward. He and Stephon Tewitt are doing well. But if he's not out there, Shady McCoy, the season he's having – I don't know how much resistance the Steelers' defense is going to put up to that, so that's my concern. Right. I just, I still think, I think the Bills might come into it. I, I like feelings. I think they might be a little shell shocked from what happened in Oakland. I like that he brings up feelings. That makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised because you're uh, the analytics person. So I, you, well, I, yeah, I mean I, that's just my, emo- that's my, you know, my. That's a day job. 
That's your right. Pick. I still but have emotions. Feelings. Cynthia are your passion. also has feelings. I do. I do have feelings, despite what I'm with the you. math might That's say. That's how all my picks are predicated on that, or mo- or eighty percent of my reasoning is based on like, ah, if I were in that position, I yeah. don't think I'd be in a good right. mood. I mean, okay. ultimately, look for me when it comes and from the math perspective too, which is what my math says that that's where I come from on this. The Steelers, to me, their offense looked so good last week, and they've been improving, and their health seems to be right. in the right spot. And Ladarius Green seems to be a new yes. wide receiver, even though he's technically a tight end. But the the kind of use of him as finally as that receiver we're looking for, that's kind of, to me, that, that trumps what the Bills are going to be able to do. D'Angelo Williams limited in practice this week, but he would be, I mean, he's, uh, people have sort of forgotten about uh, the impact he had on the Steelers in 2015. If he can come back and provide something and you can start splitting Levy and Bell out and using him as an X factor the way Todd you, Haley likes to do You want to know my cool sense. fact about Lev Bell? Tell it. So you don't think of the Steelers O-line as being one of the top two, right? You maybe think Cowboys and maybe think Oakland Raiders, right? And But when you look at stuff percentage, which is when a running back gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage, Lev Bell, he has the by far and away the very best, which means the very lowest, Least, stuff right. percentage. So he 3.7% of the time. Most people, elite is like 8%. That, but that's what Ezekiel mm. Elliott's doing right now. Lev Bell, 3.7%. It's all about, yeah. I, I have often given a credit to Mike Munchak. There are certain guys we've talked about the idea of, can you elevate from being a position coach to being the head man? And some guys just aren't cut for one side or the other of that. Munchak, though, has done wonders with that offensive line. But Levy and Bell deserves more credit for that. It's yards after contact. He is one of those guys who, and it's as valuable outside of the obvious things. He, his fumble last week was the first fumble he's lost since his rookie season, which right. is just insane. One and two. That's the other thing I always say about him. He, unlike uh, Barry Sanders, who would often get tackled in the backfield as he was trying to hit home runs, Lev Bell always falls for. That's right. That's a well, and and his uh, yards after contact two seasons ago like blew everyone else out of the water. So like if you look at it, maybe three point five, about three and a half yards after contact was his average for a season. That's insane. Most people, it's like three is elite in that category. All right, let's move on to the uh, entrees. Who'd money take in the uh, Steelers? He takes all home teams. Uh, he took the... I believe the Bills, because I believe he has all home Steelers. teams. Oh, he took the Steelers. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on to an NFC East tilt waiter. Tell us about it. All right, it. we have our Redskins versus Eagles Philly cheesesteak. The playoffs are at stake in this game of catch-up with the Big Cheese and Big D, so treat yourself to a taste of NFC grease with our Philly Meltdown Special. Featuring our Cheese Whiz Kid Wentz smothered on Italian hoagie sprolls, make sure to order Connor Bar Wit or without Garçonians. Plus, due to our ailing read, wash this one downfield with our Fat Rob Stout. I think that's great, except uh, you you failed yourself, waiter. But with the pronunciation, Connor Barwit or Wide Out Garsonians. Ooh. Did I overdo that? Did I A little bit, but I appreciate yeah. it. Either way, Handsome Hank, Skins, Eagles, choose the Redskins. Ooh. Freeland. Not going to throw a red challenge. Nope. Five. I got to eat it, too, unfortunately. <laughs> I love not it. Not unfortunate. It sounds delicious. Eat that. No, it does sound very – as a matter of fact, I'm – uh, I don't know if I should be ashamed to say, but I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually salivating. I know, over, right? over, <laughs> over a pretend <laughs> cheesesteak. I never knew there's, I wanted Garsonian so yeah, bad. So much. Exactly. <laughs> just now, yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take the skins as well. Freeland, why do you take DC? Well, I think Jordan Reed is a 
going to play. All signs indicate Jordan Reed's going to play. I think the biggest thing here is that Philadelphia Eagles offensive line ability to give some time to Wentz and to allow this offense to develop. They don't seem to have the ability to, you know, hold, protect the pocket, you know, give themselves some time for anything to really develop. And those downfield chunk plays, they're going to need those. And I don't think that they're going to be able to overcome what Kirk Cousins in that offense. And when he does have the time, he's doesn't necessarily throw it very well. I think think that there's a lot for Eagles fans to be happy about with Carson Wentz, for sure. But you can't understate Lane Johnson being gone off that line. And also, like... Who are the, the when you look for the wide receivers, a little chicken and a little egg, yeah. right? Like, there's not someone yeah. that has emerged as like a great, you know, wide out one that's exactly. battling those jump balls. But at the same time, it's like, well, maybe they're not calling that play. Right. We don't know that. There's a lot more building to be done in Philly. Yeah, but Wentz is good. I want to be clear. It's funny because there has been a lot of recently now. There, the the pendulum has swung back against Carson Wentz. His they got to stop are, it. They got to stop it. Well, mechanics are. I mean, that you know, if you do look at it, it does it, it does seem like he's dropping the ball more than he used to in his uh, in his wind up to to throw it, but like you say, the receivers aren't there. I mean, it, it, it's you. Kirk is one of the halves in terms of pass catchers, right. and Wentz is one of the have nots. The thing about Wentz is people start talking about now that maybe he isn't as good as what people thought. Two things: I keep saying this the last week or two, but the Philadelphia Eagles of 2016 remind people. The NFL season is long. Correct. Just always remember that. Whatever's happening in September, early October, just pump the brakes, good or bad. The the season ain't over, and you're not going to the Super Bowl based on whatever's happening at that given point. They'll remind you of that. The other thing is, with all this attention being paid to Jared Goff and Carson Wentz and the celebration of Dak Prescott, wow, they really should have taken him over the guys they took. Stop it. Don't Some, do that, anyone that's well, listening. They're well, too smart for that. Well, so uh, the thing that uh, that stands out to me all of a sudden is, how about the Broncos and uh, Paxton Lynch? Paxton Lynch is not in, in his few yeah. appearances now has not looked like anything special. But he, I, don't, I mean, and if the Cowboys would have had their druthers, that would have been the well, quarterback I, they took that's in the, the second story round. I think that right. hasn't really been told. Right. If you look at the Cowboys, so they try. You know, they, Jerry Jones came out the you know morning after day one of the draft and was saying, "I wish I'd I'd pulled the." trigger on a Paxton Lynch trade. Then he tried to trade for Connor Cook that the Raiders took. We don't even know, you know, what that guy's going to be in the NFL. He kind of, you know, ashamedly was like, okay, well, we got Dak. Let's move on. Then Romo goes down. He tries to replace him with almost every other backup quarterback in the NFL. Then, you know, Kellen Moore. It, 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 yes, Dak Prescott looks like a great pick now and looks like a guy that everyone should be excited about. Let's not credit the Cowboys too much because they tried to replace or or have anyone else on that team other than Dak. Last year's draft class was not so coming off the year before with Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota being yeah. like, oh my goodness, we had everyone was always like, oh, this draft class is very light in terms of quarterbacks. And then you see, like I remember the knocks on Paxton Lynch. So Paxton Lynch is pretty tall, like Brock Osweiler type tall. And he went to Memphis and he played like all of his. Pa- if you look at his like the, where he completed passes in college, like short. Short, short, short left, short left, short. Like literally, his pass chart was not the kind of thing where you see this like beautiful passes all across the field. But then again, when you look at what Dak Prescott did, it was like he had this one game, right. like 51 points, where he scored six touchdowns. Like crazy thing where against you know in this battle back and forth, insane. But like his pass chart wasn't even like amazing either. The point is, it's an imperfect science. And when you look at someone like Carson Wentz and you look at the kind of the level of competition he faced in college coming out of North Dakota State and then like adjusting, I still think 
I don't know about his mechanics. I'm not a I'm not a mechanics expert, but I do think it, like if you look and see when I've talked to people and when you look and see what's going on, it's like that they're the change in his O line changed what they're calling. What they're calling has right. changed what he's able to do. So like, I, you know yeah, what I, I mean? Like, I, I guess like I mean, you could of make, all like, of those guys, you, he's got to still be the one outside of Dak, the one, the, the one that we have questions about, the one with the highest ups. Well, and by the way, uh, you know, I do still have hold out some hope for Doriel Green Beckham, who's probably their best pass catcher. But out, you know, I, I, that's where they they need the upgrade along yeah. with the offensive line. All right, couple more real quick yes. here. Let's get to it. The other side of the NFC. Oh, you know what? Man, we have three games, and I don't know how many we should uh, try to get through here. Should we skip the menu read, Emma VP? I hate to do it. I want to. Which one do you are you proudest of? Seahawks, Packers, Cowboys, Giants, or Ravens, Patriots? You pick. Most... I'm, I'm good with all of them. Well, I, didn't, I, I don't actually read any of your work. No, oh, okay. Now, which one should, no, which <laughs> one should I read? Let's do it? the uh, Cowboys, Giants. Okay. Yeah, that right. one looks great. All right, let's do the Cowboys versus Giants, New York Bagel and Locks. It's postseason birth brunch time, so stop by our New York Deliet for a cold wheat, Des Ryan, or pumpernickel back bagel with thin Met Slice first NFC locks. No chive here. We highly recommend our Cowboys Everything Bagel with two cream of the crop top choices for your rookie of the schmear. <laughs> I mean, it is incredible. Apart from the fact that she's an incredible writer, well, and I know not, this is not supposed to sound patronizing, Emma's an amazing reader yep. as well. Agreed. She doesn't stumble over any words. Agreed. Sometimes. I disagree. But okay, that, you, uh, everybody man. has their own opinion on okay. these things. Dallas Cowboys. Yes. New York Giants. Choose. Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Freely, New York Giants. Come on. Somebody you, throw a red challenge. Will you do it then? All right, I will. Bang. You really think that? You really yeah. believe that? That's right. That's I'm what, you, had, that's what you had. What? It does. Look at that right there. The New York Giants. Explain yourself. I feel like, first Wait, sorry, of all, I know I say this, I say this all the time, but we are at that time of the year. You remember now, one of the football cliches or whatever is that uh, the games don't really start mattering until after Thanksgiving. Well, now we're in December, so yep. this qualifies. It the Giants need this one. They need the one. I'm not. I don't call it a must-win because they will play Week 15 one way or the other. But they need it if they want to be playing in January. Not you. The Cowboys don't need it. They're, what, what is on the Cowboys? As they go up to New York right now, what is at stake for them, really? They're not going to lose the number one seed. I think they I, they feel good. They, as long as they win another game, they're going to be I think this. they have a loss coming, but I don't think it's this week. Well, I, I, I and I think by it's the way, the Lions. I think it's the Bucks. <laughs> let me apply. Let me apply this uh, this little logic to you too. You know how when teams play each other for a third time in the playoffs, and the one team has beaten the other one twice, and they say, "Whoa, it's awfully hard to beat a team three times in one year." You know what's even harder to lose the first two and then beat them and disprove the right. 120 minutes Correct. of evidence. Well, I know it's a small sample size. Dak was playing his first regular season game, so was Zeke, and uh, I get that. Still. The Giants beat them. The Giants are the only team to beat them, and that has to matter as now you uh, two and a half months later now go for round two here. The Giants should feel some amount of confidence. JPP's absence is the thing that makes me doubt my choice here, but I do think Eli Manning at home is after a bad week where he locked in on number 13 way, way, way too much in the second half, especially if you watch them play in Heinz Field, is going to be committed to spreading that ball around and will prove to be a little too much to handle for that Cowboys defense. I'm taking the Giants at home. Despite the Cowboys defense being banged up and not 
as good as maybe we had hoped they were, you know, in the beginning of the season. I think what you've seen, the gelling of this offense, especially with JPP gone and that O-line, and now you have Des Bryant playing in this game that full health, they've, you know, they've established their chemistry. I don't think that Eli has had that consistent chemistry with his receivers this year. You see, like you said, he was locked in way too much on number 13 last game. And you've seen like kind of some inconsistent run game from the New York Giants. Like even though the defense, Eli Manning could be like a good sleeper in fantasy, but I think that's because he's going to be playing from behind and have to throw the ball a lot. I hear you. And I think that, uh, you know, for all the credit I and a lot of other people give Rod Marinelli, the fact of the matter is, is that offensive line and Zeke Elliott have allowed them to spin the yep, clock and right. depress scores. Every week people say, oh, this is going to be a shootout. This is a shootout game, but Zeke keeps that Time from happening because they're spinning. The one exception to that was, or the biggest one, was in Pittsburgh. I think that's how you do have to get it done, ultimately. I think Eli's team is built to put up a lot of points and uh, and combat that. So I do think uh, the Cowboys, I mean, the, I should say the Giants. thought we well, maybe had swayed you. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. I'm not going to do it, but I, it. I, I hear you. Because I do <clears> think <throat> if they go up there and win this one, again, using that formula of just spinning the clock, I mean, it's pretty daunting stuff as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. And the the team that looms to me is the, the greatest obstacle to Dak disproving 50 years of evidence that a rookie QB can't get his team to the Super Bowl is the Seahawks, but now they don't have Earl Thomas back there. I don't know. I just I, I feel like like it's almost getting to be anticlimactic. Like, yeah, of course, the Cowboys are going to be the prohibitive favorites to roll through the NFC the way things are shaping up here. So maybe there's a part of me that wants to see a little more intrigue added here by Eli. I like intrigue too, but... Seahawks, Packers in the snow. We're not going to read it, but I'm curious for your pick, Hans. I will take the Seahawks. I think that I think that uh, the the Bucks loss was an aberration. Freeland, I same concur. for you. I concur. Do you want? No, I'm taking the Seahawks in a very close one. But I'd yeah, like I to don't see, think it'll uh, be a. I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, I think both teams get up into the 20s. Um, and uh, all right, and the Seahawks survive. Okay, all right. I like what? that. I like that. I have it too. Something like more, more, more than 22 points each. 25, 22. I, you know what? I don't have it in front of me. I think I had it. I might be wrong. I think I had it uh, 23, 21. I might be okay. wrong about that. But anyway. I think I have all right. 27, 24. But the 27, obviously, going to the away team. To the Seahawks. Yep. All right. Let's get to dessert now. Emma VP, tell us about it. All right. For dessert, we have our Ravens versus Patriots Boston cream pie. Baltimore won't Boston Harbor any hard feelings from January 2015, <laughs> and neither should you. Our Boston cream pie made of New England patsy cake and pastry doomer filling gets its sweetness and Malcolm buttery texture from Belichick's Dante high-powdered perfectioner's sugar and Edelman's shortening. Please, Mar, tell us how you liked our treat during the Pat's Playoff Pie Week. Very nice way. Very nice way. <laughs> Very sounds Although you did kind of throw a Boston cream pie into the face of handsome Hank and his countrymen there with the reference to Boston Harbor. He does not like That's what fine. happened in there. Sorry, Hank. That's he fine. did not okay. approve of what went down there back. Look, the we all, we century. made friends again. It's all good. That's true. That's true. All right, Cynthia Freeland, Ravens. Patriots. Before I say that, one more thing on the revolution. Isn't it weird that the <laughs> New England Patriots, who you know they they one uh, you know a nation was born you know and uh they who did they who did they defeat Cynthia Freeland it, it, they they defeated the Redcoats so why do the New England Patriots then when they induct somebody into their Hall of Fame give you a red coat isn't that weird that is very weird shouldn't it be blue I mean or like maybe even like I guess what the 
red, white, and blue like an American flag, right? That might be a little garish. I, I can't mean, imagine what Willie the, McGinnis walking around. I would around love in that, a, though, with like giant American people flag. and a giant flag. <laughs> Ravens, Patriots, choose. You know what's weird is I actually, this one, I think is going to be a much closer game than you might originally anticipate when you hear Patriots, Ravens at, in Gillette. At oh, I disagree because I think everybody I'm seeing is consider uh, is at minimum saying this is going to be a close game. A lot okay. of people are picking the Ravens. You know, I do think that this is one where I was like, oh, man, the Ravens could do this mm-hmm. this week. But I have the Patriots because I stay true to my math by like a nose. Come on, handsome. Do it. Throw the red challenge flag. You're not going to? I'll do it anyway. No, no don't no, no. do it if it's not sincere. No, no, because, I mean, I think it's going to be very close, and I could be swayed either way. I watched the Ravens last week. They put a beat down on, on the Miami Dolphins, and, and I saw lots of things from them that I ne- hadn't necessarily expected to see, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if they could do it to a, a gronkless Patriots team and a, you know, a defense that's, that's not all there. So why not? Yeah, here we go. Oh, handsome Hank. A little dainty with that throw. Well, I didn't want to, Would you like to, didn't do it want to hurt. You, want me to, you can do yeah, it again. I mean, if you're going to throw it at her. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm, not, I don't I'm not very that. accurate. I don't know why I had to take that. But all right. I'm going to take the Patriots 30-21. to 21. I think Tom Brady all right. has a you game like here. I think, he, I think he has a good game. And I don't, it's the kind of game the, you might do. I'm not really worried about Tom Brady. I'm more worried about the Patriots' defense. I Listen, I completely agree with you about that. And Flacco, as I always say, the two asterisks that you need the list next, next to Flacco is, one, he always plays well against the Patriots, right. and two, he always plays well in Heinz Field. Inexplicably, the dud games that he tends to have are those weird ones over the course of an NFL season, including at home against the Dolphins. I thought that the Dolphins might take a shot at him, and instead he throws four touchdown passes. I don't know exactly what to make of this one going into it, but I, you know, I, I, I'm going to take the Patriots at home because their situation is now more precarious than it seemed like it was yep. going to be a month ago. So they they understand the need to uh, to try and win out if they want to be the number one seed, and I think that motivation wins out. Freeland, I'm I'm going I'm at Patriots. I think you know Ken Dixon. Look out for him. They ran well Ken. last week, and I didn't anticipate they would with Legarrette Blunt. I just I, I don't know that going forward they're going to be able to continue to consistently. They're not going to be able to run on the Ravens. Power right? run, yeah. They're not going to do it against the Ravens. Right. I think the X factor in this one, but I said this a week ago too, is Dion Lewis. And what they're doing is Correct. instead of throwing those two tight, two ends, tight ends out there, just two running backs. Now they're throwing James White and De- and Dion Lewis out on the field and say, "Deal with that, everybody." You know, so, and that. Well, I mean, if you look at the way that the usage has changed without Gronk in the games we've seen without Gronk, the thing about Gronk is that he lines up in all six positions, so out wide on either side, in the slot on either side, and then tight on either side. And Mar- and they use him in all of those different positions. Whereas, like when you have Martellus Bennett, they really only use him in four, right, instead of six. So it's a it's different usage. So it changes the you know when it's Dion Lewis, it's pass catches to running backs when it's you know when it's LeGarrette Blunt it's straight up running and you know so and Julian Elman gets more looks and they just change it around just a little bit so it's just it's I feel like they're kind of doing the same thing but they're changing their personnel looks but they're running the same play even though who's doing it is a little bit different different. person right Ninkovich was a difference maker last week, but boy, I don't know about that defense. That's the, yeah. I mean, that's the going to be the question. recurring issue. And uh, boy, I can't wait to watch Week 14 to try and make some sense because all of a sudden, what seemed clear to me a Seahawks and Patriots Super Bowl a month ago is now 
awfully murky. Wow, you thought Seahawks Patriots? I was certain of it. I I said I am more certain of this one than I have been in the last five years at midseason, and uh, and now it feels up in the air. Hey, so I mentioned Al Franken. If you're listening to the audio, Al Franken is coming up next. Dave. Dave. Oh, this is very exciting for me. I think I, I'm fairly certain this is the first U.S. senator to ever join us on the Dave Damashek football program. Here he is, the junior U.S. senator of Minnesota, Saturday Night Live legend, a deadhead, and a Minnesota Vikings fan, Senator Al Franken. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm okay. <laughs> no, I'm pretty good. I'm good. Happy to be on. Happy to be joining you. <laughs> well, I appreciate Yeah, all, all things considered. Let's start here. I be, like I mentioned, Saturday Night Live, also a part of your uh, your background. I saw a tweet the other day saying Saturday Night Live wasn't good anymore. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think that was uh, from, uh, well, there's probably other people said that and tweeted that, but I think you're talking about the pres- uh, president-elect. That, oh, that's who, that, that's who it was. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he... Uh, yeah, he watches it evidently, but <laughs> doesn't. I, you know, it's. Uh, I he, the irony there, of course, he was tweeting. I think about a sketch in which Alec Baldwin playing him can't stop tweeting. <laughs> so it's you know, there's just too much irony this year as is. So yeah, it's it's unusual though that since he doesn't like it, that he continues to uh, force the show upon himself. Yep, there, there's <laughs> so much, uh, so much there, including his uh, just every day we're hearing uh, different nominees to cabinet posts that that are. Uh, so when you asked me how I was, uh, that's why I didn't give you an immediate thumbs up. I yes, I assumed yeah, yeah. you weren't uh, just giving me the rhetorical. Great, yeah, I, I was yeah. reading into that. So, all right, let's distract ourselves for just a second here, sure. then, with some uh, pro football talk. Is it too? Good for. Are you too? Are, are the Vikings too late to turn this thing around? Such glorious beginnings here, and uh, over the last six weeks or so, a little bit of a slide. In your expert opinion, can Minnesota still uh, get to the postseason here? I suppose it's mathematically possible. Um, I mean, this has been a very, very, very odd season. Uh, Petty gets hurt. Uh, we we then, you know, we go start going. We go five and zero with Bradford. Uh, we're looking like a Super Bowl team, and then uh, now we're six and six. I. Doesn't look, it doesn't look very good. It doesn't look very hopeful. All right. Well, let's try to be optimistic and say that by 2017, the team will hit its full stride just in time for Super Bowl 52 in Minnesota. It's a glorious... It's a glorious-looking new building, but I do have uh, this, uh, I don't know if it's a moral or ethical issue. Shouldn't all NFC North teams be forced to play outdoors? They're waiving their potential home field advantage. Shouldn't you, in your position, couldn't you enact some sort of a law that requires all teams to be outside in the, in the mighty NFC North? Uh, that would be a tough one to get through. We have higher priorities is what I think. We're saying also we just <laughs> this is a year old the stadium. I mean this is the first year of the stadium. <laughs> I was the home opener, 
It's a beautiful stadium, and uh, I used to go to the games at the at the Metropolitan Stadium, and uh, uh, it was cold. It could get cold, and it it uh, was a home field advantage. And Bud Grant used to actually make our team play without heaters on the sideline. Uh, I asked him once. I first time I met him, I said, "Why <laughs> did you not allow?" Eaters on on the sidelines uh, for the Vikes, uh, and he said, "There, this is his answer. There are certain things people can do when they're cold." <laughs> well, that's hard to argue with that. I mean, what what response is there? There isn't one really. No, no, and he's Bud Grant, so you, you know, you take everything. I mean, everything, he's God. So, uh, but uh, believe me, I'm. I, it's a beautiful stadium. We're happy to be playing indoors. Well, it's too bad that there isn't such a thing as global warming, apparently, according to some of the people that you work with, because then there would be no need for domes. Then everybody could just be outside because it would be warm all the time. Uh, that's, you know, there's extreme weather. There is warming. It's hmm. a ex- And you got the right entity. Um, who is the reason why when you said, how are you? I just didn't go like, I'm great. <laughs> Again, again, yes. Referring back to uh, to that to that response, um, who uh, if let's say a Viking, a bear, a lion, and a Packer uh, got into a fight, who would win that fight? Um, the correct answer, uh, since I'm center from Minnesota, is, is the Viking. Sure, right. He's because he's got like an axe, I assume, a Viking, but a bear and a lion. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. More Okay. So who do we got? We got a Viking, a bear, a lion. And a, and a packer from Green Bay, which is a meat packer. I don't think he would stand much of a chance against the beasts. Say, I'd say it depends what you're, you know, the meat packer would have the gun. <laughs> oh, he would. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. The Viking would have some kind of axe. And so I think the, I think the packer wins that one. If uh, speaking of mascots, if the Electoral College had a football team, what do you suppose its mascot would be? I see what you're saying. Um, it would be an elector. An elector, yeah, that would be yeah. The, be, the Electoral elect- College electors. Yeah, it would be. I guess it would be uh, someone in some kind of uh, late 18th century garb. <laughs> Uh, what do you make of Col- be a white male? I'll tell you that. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. What uh, What do you make of uh, Colin Kaepernick, who uh, obviously has been taking a knee um, during the national anthem? What do you think of not just Colin Kaepernick, but of professional athletes using their forum as it is uh, to to make political statements? I, I, I think it's legitimate. I mean, he was making. A statement about um, something that's been a problem in our country, which has been that now that we have, uh, you know, iPhones and people being able to take uh, videos, uh, we're seeing that there has been, uh, through the life of our country, a problem, which um, in which uh, police who have a very difficult job and uh, most of whom are. Uh, you know, uh, doing their uh, difficult job well. But there has been historically uh, this this problem of violence against 
uh, by police that's inappropriate against uh, against people of color. Uh, who is uh, shifting gears then? You know, obviously, pretty fascinating uh, um, resume that uh, that you have to put out to the world there. Comedy writing legend and now U.S. Senator. What sort of transition did that require for you? Are you still a wiseacre? Do you, do, do, do you loosen Mitch McConnell and company up with, uh, with, uh, before, you, before you get into debating issues with them? How's that go? Uh, how, how have you had to pivot your, uh, your behavior? Uh, we debate on the floor, but then uh, afterwards go out to dinner, and no one laughs harder than uh, Mitch at my. <laughs> uh, we... <laughs> I started to believe you. I thought you were being serious. Yeah, it's a different job, uh, but I saw. I still. I think I have a sense of humor, and uh, I enjoy, uh, you know, laughing with my my colleagues. And uh, I think I think it was helpful, you know, that my uh, I laugh a lot, and um, my colleagues kind of went, "Oh, I see, I see why he became a comedian. He likes to laugh. He didn't do it just as my Republican colleagues would say. He, he became a comedian because he's funny and he likes to laugh, not because he wanted to keep scorn and ridicule on Republicans." So, um, so I, I think it's, it's helpful. Humor is helpful in any walk of life. Well, uh, I guess in broad philosophy, you know, I, it's always occurred to me that uh, people who are funny are sort of uh, marginalized as not being bright. But, of course, I, well, I, I assume that uh, you, you, you might agree with this, that in order to be funny, you have to be intelligent. You could, those, those two things can't be mutually exclusive almost. Is that uh, a fair thing to say? I think humor is a kind of intelligence. So I've met very, very intelligent people who have almost no sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I don't think I've met someone with a really, really great sense of humor who isn't uh, at least intelligent, intelligent on, on that level, which means they have a certain kind of intelligence anyway. How's that? I, I, I like that answer. And uh, and you wrote a book a number of years ago that I loved, um, uh, Rush Limbaugh is a Big Fat Idiot, and uh, yeah, other and observations. Other ob- yeah. Do you um, – would you say that Rush Limbaugh and Roger Ailes are the most responsible, without, without uh, saying it is a positive or a negative, would you say they're the most responsible – for you know uh, uh, from the outside or or as much as you could say outside Roger Ailes but would you say they were the most responsible for the election result this year yeah I I think that they're part of um, you know something that happened uh, starting in uh, Rush represents of course talk radio and conservative or right-wing talk radio that's why I picked him back in 95 to write about. And uh, Roger represents, you know, he headed up Fox News Channel for, for uh, forever until he had to leave recently. And I think that has to do a lot about how we have become so bifurcated in uh, the way people get their uh, uh, political news. And, uh, and then the Internet uh, did that as well. And I think that's created a kind of um, a world where there are people who are literally getting 
fake news and and tweeting it to each other or Facebooking it or uh, uh, that sort of thing. And I think we do have um, more than ever people getting their news from uh, one source, one group of people getting it from one source, another group getting it from another source, and why it's hard to, to get people to agree on things and have almost separate realities. And in some cases, uh, some are living in sort of a fact-free world. And uh, I think each side might argue with the other about who that is, but I think I know, know which side is fact more fact-free. I don't think millions of, uh, of Americans voted fraudulently, for example, uh, as has the president-elect has, uh, has said, without any actual evidence. What advice then would you give? Because that does feel like a bit of a dead end that you you, you recognize or uh, or the figurative you recognize that only a percentage of the population is hearing what you're saying. Not you. I mean, the media, the uh, uh, political opinion is only being received by, let's say, roughly half of the American population. What advice do you have for anybody who is nervous about the next uh, several years here? What, 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 what action is there for anyone to take here? Well, I think it is troubling. I uh, do have to be aware that there is this phenomenon of uh, now people getting their news from completely different sources and therefore people being susceptible to hearing, um, hearing stuff that isn't true and then repeating it by... Uh, cl- clicking on it and then sending it, sending it off to friends, etc. Uh, you know, it was funny. Uh, it was the uh, 70, uh, 70th, uh, 75th anniversary of Pearl Harbor yesterday, and I was listening uh, to C-SPAN radio. That's what a sad life I have <laughs> as a senator. But um, I heard FDR's uh, radio uh, chat or speech uh, on December 9th, two days after. And he was talking about sort of the same thing, uh, some, something related, which is don't believe uh, One minute. people One minute. who, unless it's coming from official sources, uh, and this is two days after Pearl Harbor, uh, you know, take everything you hear with a grain of salt in terms of how the war is going and what's happening. So, I mean, this is not, is not a new thing uh, it, because of the Internet, uh, because of other phenomena. Uh, there are, it, it, it's changed and maybe in a more dangerous place than ever. But it was very interesting that two days after the attack on Pearl Harbor, a chunk of FDR's speech was how to uh, what the information coming out was from the government was going to be like, and uh, the sort of the parameters of what how was uh, what was being shared and what wasn't being shared, and uh, how not to repeat things that you hear that uh, may not be true. So it, it, it's uh, and that that reminded me about that was an incredibly uh, dangerous time, obviously. We had just been attacked, and we were entering into a global war. So it puts a little bit of uh, this uh, present moment into perspective. 
Well, uh, Senator, I uh, I really appreciate uh, the time today. I, I, I'd love to uh, get to talk with you for the next three hours and hear your thoughts on stuff. But uh, in the meantime, best wishes to you in the Senate, in the Congress. Uh, fascinating, I guess, isn't the perfect adjective, but uh, I suspect uh, the next uh, several years for you and uh, your Democratic colleagues will be uh, will be fascinating, if nothing else. It'll be, it's always fascinating. And go Vikes, of course. And, uh, you know, when I said it looks like mathematically, we can mathematically do this. It's just, uh, and we're going to turn it around. We've had a lot of injuries uh, on the offensive line. But uh, uh, I thought uh, last week uh, we were uh, a lot closer to, um, uh, we've had a lot of close games lately. So things have been, been a little shaky, a little bit shaky. All right. Well, best to your Vikings the rest of the way here. Best wishes to you. And again, uh, Senator, really appreciate the time, sir. Uh, Thanks, Dave. (laughs) There he is, everybody. Senator Al Franken. How about that on the Dave Damashek football program? A uh, an honor, a legitimate honor for me to uh, get to speak with the great Al Franken, not just as uh, as one of our senators, but as a comedy legend. Uh, Great stuff from him. All right, that's it for us today on the Dave Damashek Football Program. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce next week. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.